Welcome back to the Snowbling Podcast. This is your host, Gordon Van. Today's episode, we're talking to Todd Ochtenberg. He is the uh, president of the ISR. Uh, he's done a fantastic job of turning uh, the ISR around, making it a lot more accessible to, uh, to people to uh, look at, and um, also uh, uh, very accessible to the affiliates, uh, much improved uh, uh, over the past uh, few years uh, for the, uh, the affiliates to uh, to. Uh, do rule changes and uh, uh, just make things a lot more uh, accessible to the uh, to the affiliates and to also the com- competitors. Also, uh, Todd is the agent for the TLR. TLR is the uh, premier uh, uh, oval racing series in uh, North America, and um, he's done a great job of uh, of uh, you know uh, you know getting getting the excitement back uh, into uh, oval racing with the uh, with the, these really. Uh, uh, exotic uh, single track uh, sleds uh, that are racing uh, and also uh, pr- some production sleds that are uh, that are also racing on the tour so um, hope you enjoy this uh, uh, this podcast and uh, remember you can um, download uh, these podcasts on uh, on SoundCloud and listen to them on your uh, on your device or your uh, car stereo uh, just uh, download the app the SoundCloud app and um, there's uh, you can search uh, Snowmobile Podcast on there, and there's uh, 40-some-odd uh, uh, episodes uh, on there now from uh, Legends and Snowmobile Racing. Um, also, iTunes. You can uh, you can find these podcasts on iTunes, and um, search Snowmobile Podcast on iTunes, and uh, you can leave a comment on there to, uh, uh, to iTunes. Uh, also, on Facebook, you can find them. I download all these uh, episodes on uh on Facebook, so uh, um, the the direct links from uh, uh, iTunes and SoundCloud are on there, and uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter. They're uh, the uh, the podcasts are all on there. So uh, download them, check them out. Hope you like them. Leave comments. Uh, you can contact me at snow snowmobiling podcast at gmail dot com. And here we go. Here's Todd. I keep my eyes wide open all the time. I keep the ends out for the tide that binds Because you're mine I walk the line You're obviously heading to an event. Which one are you going to right now? I'm headed right now to uh, Canterbury Downs in uh, Minneapolis for the ISOC uh, Snowcross event. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, uh, one, of, uh, one of a couple events going on uh, uh, this weekend, uh, so you're you're heading off to Canterbury. Good. That's uh, that's going to be a big one. That's always a big uh, event for uh, all the OEMs to uh, participate in, and uh, and the big crowds there too. Yes, they so, do a great job. So they uh, they've got good conditions there, I guess. Um, it's it's been snowing pretty good in uh, in uh, in uh, Wisconsin. Um, out 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 that way, everything's good. It's you know we can you. We should use a little bit more, but it's uh, it right now. It's just cold, cold. I mean, today is like uh, zero in Fahrenheit. Really? Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah. That's good. Uh, obviously, they'll, they'll try to make some uh, make some snow too if they have to. So, um, Todd, yeah. you wear you wear a couple hats um, <laughs> in your in your day to day life. Uh, uh, you're uh, president uh, president right of the ISR. Correct. And also, what is your affiliation with the uh, TLR? I'm I'm the agent for the TLR Cup. Uh, you know, Tommy Lipper started it, and uh, basically, I I run the 
best series for him. Okay. The affiliates run the races. Uh, I just do the promoting and, and, and run the series end of it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're we're going to be asking you some questions uh, reg- regarding uh, both both of your uh, both of your jobs, I guess. I guess we'll start with the with the ISR. Um, how long have you been uh, 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 working and uh, and president of the of the ISR? And, and I must say, the the ISR is uh, is the uh, sanctioning body for uh, all the uh, the racing uh, snowmobile racing in uh, in North America. Uh. For four years, I was a. I've been an affiliate member of ISR since two thousand and one, uh, and and then for four years now, I uh, have actually been president of the company. Right, and um, um, so, so the, the ISR. What 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 is what for for people that uh, don't really know the ISR? Um, what what actually is your role? Um, with uh, with uh, with uh, what ISR does and what your role is uh, with the ISR. What we do is we have uh, it's a membership of affiliates, and the affiliates actually make the rules, and that's something that everybody kind of says. You know, ISR sets the rules. You know, and ISR basically administrates the rules. Uh, we bring everybody to a table, so we take all the snowcross affiliates, we bring all the oval affiliates, all the drag racing affiliates, and and they send in agenda items, and uh, and we put them on the agenda, and then we talk about them, and and it's something that has been, you know, kind of refined over thirty years of uh, of snowmobile racing here. These guys start actually thirty five years now. These guys started, I think it was in nineteen eighty two. And, uh, you know, uh, Tom Zernia, uh, Olaf Penn, and, uh, and Dick Goki, uh, and they, they ran it up to the last, up till four years ago. And, you know, again, it, a lot of people will always say, well, ISR did this, well, ISR did that. Really, ISR didn't do anything. The, the, the affiliates are the ones that all vote on the rules. And the idea behind it is so that everybody can go anywhere and race, and that's the same rule. Right. And we all know that we've all raced in a circuit somewhere where there was a good old boy system or this or that, you know. And so, in a nutshell, that's my best description. Yeah, I, I was I was fortunate uh, with uh, with uh, my affiliation with uh, with the with the CSRA, obviously, um, to uh, to uh, actually. Uh, um, uh, sit in on a couple of those rules uh, rules meetings and and and, and you're right the uh, the affiliates come to uh, a general a general uh, meeting usually in the spring um, with um, a wish list of uh, of rules of what the um, competitors uh, wanted uh, and usually the, the competitors that they, they at, at maybe their annual banquet or something like that they uh, they have a wish list of, uh, of of rule changes and that's brought forth to the to the uh, president of the uh, CSRA in, in, in this in this case, uh, ISOC, uh, um, Rock Maple, whoever it is, and then it's and, and then and then there's a general rules meeting where those rules are all hopefully agreed upon by all the all the affiliates, and then and then the ISR takes over and and uh, and you know if if it's good, uh, it's uh, implemented. Uh, that's that's basically what happens, uh, correct? Correct. You know, and then we. You know, it used to be they printed a book, and now, now we put it up on the internet, and uh, so you can you can pull it up on your phone. Um, you know, and and that's kind of what I tried to do was put some technology into it, 
uh, you know, now I'm also, I also, you know, teach the tech guys. And as much as everybody likes rules, if nobody texts them, it, it, it doesn't matter, you know. Right. And, you know, keeping everybody on the same sheet of music. And, and I truly believe that we've made, we've made some good strides in the last four years by basically just making the information easier to get and then teaching the information. You know, it used to be they did one, one race in tech director school in, in Milwaukee, you know. Now we do one in New York. We do one in Minnesota. Or in Michigan, we do one in uh, Wisconsin, and we do one in Minnesota, and we even went out and did one in uh, out in Jackson Hole. So, you know, we're trying to bring the information to the affiliate because a lot of the affiliates are clubs, and and they don't have budgets to travel. Right. So, so um, okay, um, I'm, I'm starting. I'm starting, Todd. I'm starting to see a lot of. Um, um, kind of fairground races and stuff like that uh uh maybe like uh, un- unsanctioned races happening uh starting to uh to creep up again um what what are the benefits of of the ISR to for for the for uh, uh, an event to to have the ISR as a, as a um a, a, you know a sanctioning for that day or that weekend um if 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 you had if you had to uh say something to a uh, an event promoter what, what what would you what would you tell them uh, the the benefits of the ISR for for their event? Well, in the, in the states, it's a little bit different than in in Canada, but I mean, everybody knows nowadays the the liability factor that's that's out there is huge. Okay, and you know, it, a lot of the people that are running some of these smaller races, I'm I'm just saying they're naive to the fact of what type of liability and risk they're putting themselves in. And, um, you know, I, I didn't realize it myself until I got involved in it, but I mean, the insurance aspect of this is probably 80% of my time, you know, and, and I would have never thought that when I first got involved in it. And, um, and that's because it's in the States here, it changes all the time. And I'm going to be blunt here. You know, it's, it's because we do have good insurance. It's more expensive than a lot of those backyard races and stuff. And once people find out the exposure that they're leaving on the table uh, at those races, uh, they probably wouldn't do it. If, if but it's one of them deals where they, uh, you know, they're, they're just out having a good time and everything's great until something goes bad. Right. So, and, um, so uh, after say say after after an event, um, uh, say one one of the big events, the Rock Maple event or ISOC event. Um, what generally happens on a Monday morning? <laughs> what do you What do you hear about the most? Well, you know that that's where I kind of know that I've been making a difference. Is that you, you used to hear about about an infraction or that somebody did this or can you believe they didn't do that or whatever you know? And since we've been getting our you know our affiliates on on board, uh, you know people don't mind traveling if they know when they get there they're going to have a fair shake. You know, and uh, and I, I'm pretty proud of the affiliates that we have with with uh, with ISR because uh, you know they, but by keeping the communications open, they're all making the same decisions, and and that's what we're basically looking for is, is consistency. Uh, I know with the CSRA up there, uh, I, I will get a phone call on Saturday, you know, and he'll ask me how my, what's the interpretation of the rule, you know, and I'll say this is the interpretation of the rule. And and by taking that phone call on Saturday, 
it saves an incident from happening on Monday. You know, he can make a call right then and there, you know, and, and uh, you know, you know, the affiliates still run their own race. They're, they're just running it by a governed body of, uh, of rules. So they still make the decision. The race director still is in charge of his race. Right. So, um, so, um, yeah. what, what, uh, where, where did your, where did your uh, snowmobile experience come from, uh, Todd? Uh, I know you've been around a long time. You are, uh, you are, you, uh, I know you're good friends with the, the Eagle River Bunch, uh, uh, their, uh, the, the Deckers. Um, so how, how long have you been, uh, in, in snowmobiling, snowmobile racing? Well, snowmobile racing, I mean, it kind of goes back to when I was four years old, my dad raced and, and his friends raced and that. And then, then I was out of it. We were recreational and for quite a few years. Uh, in fact, I think in, in, uh, must've been like 90, I'm sorry, uh, 78, my dad actually sold all the snowmobiles. And it wasn't until I came back out of the service in 85 that, uh, that I got back into snowmobiling and, uh, I lived in the southern part of Wisconsin, and and uh, my boss said, "How would you like to live up north, where you go play all the time?" And uh, and I ended up in Eagle River. Ended up becoming friends because I sold liquor to uh, to Alan Decker at a uh, at his uh, gas station. And uh, one day, his brother asked me if I wanted to run the track, and you know, I did that for 13 years, and. You know, mainly when you do it as a job, you know, everybody else, it's kind of a hobby, but you, you, you learn a lot about it and, and you, you learn a lot about the history about it. And, uh, you know, my thing is I just try to look at the history and the mistakes that were made so that we don't do it again. Right. Cause it, it, it's amazing how the, a lot of people will do the same things over and over again. Right. Yeah. Awesome. I, 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 I remember the, um, uh, vaguely, vaguely, uh, meeting you at, um, at a, at a super snowcross race in Minneapolis, and you were there on the on the on the uh, on the track floor there with your daughter. Your daughter was racing a mini Z um, along with uh, one of the Decker girls. <laughs> um, do, 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 do you remember that? <laughs> I, I I do remember that. In fact, one of the I, I don't know who it was. I can't think of his name, but he was your um, he ran all the little kids. For the CSRA. Yeah, that was me. And <laughs> I actually used this story because because I, I was one of those dads, you yeah. know? Yeah, you were. And, yeah. um, and when I say that, I, uh, I, I had an incident once when they, they first came out with the 120s. Uh, I had a skidoo, and Polaris came out and had independent suspension. And, and I remember going home and having the machine shop next door make me trailing arms and mountain bike shots. And I had this whole thing all mounted up and I came back to a race and, uh, and, and your brother looked at me and he said, what part of stock don't you understand? <laughs> and, you know, but I mean, I was gung ho and I thought to myself, there's, I can't, I can't have this disadvantage. You know, I have to have suspension. And, and so, I mean, that's just kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's uh there's uh there's there's those those dads every every weekend now there there's you know uh always trying to do something for their child they're t- you know they want they want their child to have the best and uh and uh <laughs> you're definitely not the first and only person or dad to uh to do something for their son or daughter uh, in in the 120 class or the novice classes and um that's good. that that i mean that that's good at least uh, they're uh they're out there and uh, and the novice classes are are so huge now 
and uh, it's 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 all the dads and their mums and dads that uh, that are bringing the kids to the to these events that uh, make the uh, make the series and, and and affiliates grow so so big, you know, and um, and you know the the ISR. Helps I, I will that. tell you one thing, and and that is by by bringing up a a kid all the way through uh, through the. From the 120s up to my daughter, ended up running pro women at the end of the snowcross of her career. Right, <laughs> and um, you know, so you you got to see that, and that was all experience. You know, I mean, not only did I run one of the biggest races there was, I had the experience of racing at other events. I, we raced with the CSRA, we raced with the the ASRA at the time, and with ISOC and with WSA and and um, those. Uh, you know, we, we are, I, I learned from those experiences, and, and I will tell you one thing is that, that we did everything with our kids all the time, and that's what's so great about the sport of, of snowmobile racing is that the families, you know, stay together, and, and they do things together. Right, so. for sure, absolutely. So, okay, um, that, uh, to take care of the, uh, the, the ISR stuff, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's trade hats now. TLR. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's becoming quite, uh, quite a show, um, with the, uh, I mean, these, these are the, uh, the, 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 the upper, um, level of, of, of oval racing and, uh, it's, it's, it's really growing. Um, what, what, what do you owe the, uh, the, uh, you know, to, to the TLR growing so large? Well, I mean, Tommy Lipper had a lot to do with it. I mean, he's 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 probably in, induced about a three quarters of a million dollars into the game because he loves the sport. Okay, and and there's no other sport that's had that kind of money put into it just for the racers. I mean, these racers get show money, they get end of year money, um, you know. But we're trying to grow it as a premier end of it, and, and it's working. Uh, and the, the organization at the end of it, I, I, I'll tell you another little quick story about that is that when I, when I quit working at the Derby track, he wanted me to run the, the, or he had asked me to run the series. And I said, you know, I don't have time to do that. I'm busier than heck right now. And I was actually in a race in Michigan, uh, I stock race. And I thought I'd stop up at a, at an enduro race that was going on with one of my affiliates in Lincoln. And, uh, and I ran into Tommy in the trailer and, and he says, oh, so you're here to run my circuit, huh? You know, and I was like, oh, no, I don't have any time to do that. Well, well then when I, when I started driving home, it was 10 hours, and, and I started thinking about it. If I was running that circuit, how, what we could do to make things better in the oval world, you know, right. and, uh, and get people from racing on other people's dates and, and, and make it a solid series like, like ISOC has and like WSA did. They did a lot of things right, you know, mm-hmm. and I watched them do that. And thought that we could do the same thing, but we don't have the budget that that those guys had, you know. And uh, and it's taken three years, but we're, uh, you know, this year we're on Ditchbanger TV. It, it's uh, live streaming at every race. Uh, there's going to be some other stuff coming out here in the next couple of days that are going to be pretty exciting to talk about. I can't say it right now, but I mean, you know, just to be able to pull it up on your phone. And, and to see the, pre- the professionalism of these athletes, and I say athletes, I mean, these guys are, they are the best of the best in oval racing. And, uh, 
So, I mean, I, I put them right up there with some of the, the ISOC athletes that are out there. These guys are amazing. Yeah. I got handed to, uh, to the crew at Ditchbanger. Uh, um, they have a fantastic show. Uh, uh, for some reason, um, you know, I, I, have the, I, I have probably the crappiest Internet uh, up here, and uh, I, I, can, uh, I can stream uh, um, the, those races, and, and, and the clarity of their, uh, of their show is, is fantastic. So uh, kudos to those guys. They're, they're doing a, a, a bang-up job, and uh, the announcing is good. Uh, um, I say the, ra- the racing is good. Uh, so that's a, that's a fantastic uh, uh, package they got going there. So kudos to those guys for, uh, for doing that. And, and, and that's for sure going to uh, lift the level of, uh, of that series is uh, just having the live streaming. Uh, you know, ISOC I uh, has it every, every event. And, uh, you know, our, our series, the, the, the CSRA is, uh, has tried it. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, the ditch banger people, they're doing, they're doing a fantastic job. How, how, how how do you see the the, the live streaming uh, uh, coming coming out? I mean, um, sure, there's the the, uh, the personal uh, um, you know seeing an event live in person, but uh, how do you see the, uh, the the live streaming in the future? Well, it, it it's definitely you know the, the thing about live streaming today, and, and, and you know, look at all you're hanging on to you in your hand. It's your telephone, and that's the future customer of watching. That's who's going to watch racing. Okay. And if we don't get these people involved in the scene, the racing, wanting to go to them, uh, they're not, you're never going to have a crowd at a race. You won't. I mean, it's just slowly going to die. Uh, and so it, it, has, it has been really wonderful. I mean, I actually, actually this weekend last year I was in Canterbury and I was coming home watching some ditch banger stuff and I thought, well, we got to get this. We got to do this. And we started in, in June with these guys. And, uh, you know, we started a, a social media campaign. working ahead of time so that when we actually start going to races that all this has fallen in place. And, and it's, it's really great. I mean, and I'm not doing it myself. I've got some people that are helping me. I got Brett Richter, uh, and a photographer here, Brad Nogren. So we have a, there's kind of a team that's out there. We're basically doing it on the lowest budget you could possibly do it. on. so the, uh, the sleds, uh, on, on the TLR, uh, TLR series, um, it, it, it really looks like you have to have a machinist on staff, uh, for, for those, for those sleds. They are, they are the, uh, the highest tech, uh, snowmobiles, uh, one, one could see. Um, do, do you see that as, uh, as good or do you see that as possibly, um, something that may hurt them? Because obviously these sleds are, are, are pretty expensive and there's a lot of tech involved to, uh, to building these sleds. Do you, do you, do you see that as, uh, as good, or do you see it as uh, as uh, bad um, for for the for the series? I, I see it as something that needs to be managed. You know, I mean, when you look at when you look at the ISOC racing, for instance, the Pro Open sleds. You know, that's like the that's like the NASCARs of of uh, of car racing, if you want to say it. You know, you know, these are like the Indy cars. Uh, you know, it, it is a little bit more refined. Uh, and, and there's there's definitely a niche out there and a market out there for the people that that uh, that like this type of racing, you know, an oval racing. Um, but I think that just like we managed it in in the Stowcross, and if, if you remember back when they used to have 800 Pro Open mods and and they calmed them back to 600s, and now they calmed them back. I think you could see some of that happening in the future. Um, you know, to keep the cost out of it, we do have a 
we do have a what they call a pro light class right now, and uh, and you can't do anything to the motor aspect of the top end of the motor aspect of it, and uh, so the sled is still kind of the same, so you can progress into the next level, but you don't have the expense in the motor that that uh, some of them have at the at the champ level. Right. Um, is you, you mentioned the the, the pro the pro light. Um, do, do, do you see ever uh, a, a day where where we're going to have uh, all the uh, all the all the uh, uh, engine displacement C, uh, classes like we used to in the in the eighties, the seventies uh, and eighties of uh, the stock classes, and um, and it, you know kind of bringing back that uh, that production uh, racing that uh, was was so huge in the uh, in the uh, in the eighties, especially. Uh, you know, we we made a step forward to do that this year, and, and you know we have some core classes this year that are, you know, we have the the Formula 500 class that was created by John Hooper, we have the uh, the Pro Light class, we have the Champ class, um, we have the Outlaws. If you've seen those with the the cages on them, and that was designed by Hooper also, and we have the Factory Stock 600. Now, now we have the manufacturers. Uh, excited about to be involved in, and and those sleds are being used in enduro racing, in oval racing, and in cross country racing, and and I was really happy that we we became we, we sat down and we came up with a package of pure stock racing again. Right. And so watch it on Ditch Banger and watch some of these sleds because these are the same ones that you buy. All they've been done done to them is lowered down. And uh, it is a premier TLR Cup class this year, and uh, and we're excited to promote it. How are they lowering the sleds properly? Uh, some of them are just are doing it with the with the shocks and and tying them down with straps and and uh, you know basically kind of how we did it in the old days, you know. But they're not they're not replacing spindles and a arms and changing geometry and going to short skis and different skid frames and all that, you know, uh, about six years ago, I, uh, maybe not that long, maybe five years ago, I did a rent a ride program where I set up nine oval sleds with, with the help of a guy named Mike Dozel and Scott Anderson. And, and we went from racetrack to racetrack and we, we kind of at that point showed that these stock snowmobiles can go around corners and, uh, and just like the ones did back in 97, 98, 99, you know? Right. So, okay, uh, the, the TLR Cup, um, uh, we've, we've, we've had one, uh, one event already this year, uh, a new winner um, th- this year uh, at, at the first event. Uh, where, uh, where are you going for the, uh, for the rest of the events, uh, the, the uh, locations and, uh, and, uh, and dates, if, if, uh, if you have them handy? Probably cornered you there now, didn't I? I don't have the dates <laughs> handy, but uh, next next weekend, or I mean this weekend right now, we're going to be in Ironwood, Michigan. Right. Uh, then we take a week off for the Vintage World Championship in Eagle River. Uh, then we go to Eagle River on Friday Night Thunder, and the winner of the of the, the it's actually the Sweet Sixteen race, the TLR Cup, and the win gets pole position, and. Uh, of the world championship. Then from there, we go to Wausau, Wisconsin. Uh, from Wisconsin, we go to Valcour, Quebec. Uh, we come back, take a week off. We go to Tomahawk, Wisconsin. And then we go to Beaujolais, Manitoba. Right. 
Awesome. Um, so, uh, where you're 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 off to Canterbury? Uh, are, are you uh, doing an, uh, an event just about every weekend? Uh, do you uh, do you, do you, do, you, do you travel to um, different events, or do you uh, throughout the throughout the year, or uh, like uh, hill climbing, enduros? Do you do, do you do them all? Do you go uh, check them all out? I, I try to do as many as I can. You know, uh, last year I went out to the Jackson Hole hill climb. Uh, I was up at the Sioux I-500 in in uh, in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Um, this year, I'm going to try to get out and see some drag racing. Uh, I did. I went to the World Series not last year. It got canceled, but the year before uh, here in Wisconsin. So you try to take in as many as we can, and I, I just try to be there for the affiliates to to help them out. And if if, uh, if they got questions, you know look at their operations, say, hey, you know, use some of my experience and say you might be able to do this different or this different. And, uh, you know, I'm, I don't come in there and try to tear a guy apart or nothing. I just try to come in and, and enhance the events that they're running. Right. So. Do you uh, – what, what, what do you see in the future uh, for uh, the different uh, types of disciplines, uh, uh, snowcross and, and oval racing? Where, where do you see racing uh, going in the, in the next couple of years? Tough question. Isn't Actually, it? <laughs> right now, I would say that our 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 the snowmobile racing right now is probably as, as healthy as it's been in a long time. I mean, the the fastest growing snowmobile racing right now is probably hill climb out west. And even even if you look at where the sleds are being sold, I mean, the western it's it's getting just huge out there. Um, then then uh, you know oval is, it's coming around where pretty much all of their classes now are full. And, and you don't have a ton of them. You just, you know, you have a basic group of classes. Uh, enduro racing is kind of the same way. Um, they, they start out with a, with a junior class. They come back with a pure stock class. And then they have the, uh, the open enduro end of it. So when you, ha- when you go there, you've got a great day of racing, and you see three different aspects of it. Uh, and, and, you know, and then now we got, you know, water cross has always been strong here throughout Wisconsin and Minnesota. And um, so, you know, and cross country is probably as strong as it's ever been, you know, even going back into the, into the 70s. So, I mean, I really think right now that snowmobile racing is probably as healthy as it's been in a long, long time. How about snow bikes? Um, how do you see the snow bikes uh, coming along? I mean, uh, uh, recreationally, uh, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're booming out west. Um, and, uh, and, and now there's, uh, this year and a little bit, they, they had a couple last year, but, uh, this year there's actually uh, classes in, in many race series with snow bikes. Uh, how, how do you see them fitting into uh, snowmobile racing? I, I mean, I see it coming in. I, I think you're going to see it more as a standalone. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of aligning themselves with AMA mm-hmm. and, uh, even though, you know, running a lot, a lot of them at, at snowcross events. It's a different type of track. Uh, they don't do the best on a, on a pure snowcross track. You kind of have to cater it back to them. Uh, and they're a little bit slower than snowmobiles, but I mean, I think it's a neat aspect. Uh, you know, anything that we can do in this industry to grow it is, is awesome right now. Um, so right now, though, we're just kind of getting into it with a few classes here and there and different, you know, I think ISOC's got some, uh, CSRA's got some, uh, they're running a little bit out, out east. And uh, uh, so 
I think it's going to evolve. Um, but I, I don't think it was a, as quick of a fit as everybody thought it was going to be. Um, and, if, and if you actually do watch them on a fixed course, it, and you know, right after you watch the pro open snowcross race or something, it's, it's a lot different than you. And I think a lot of people thought they would be, I think they thought they'd be a lot more, uh, uh, you know, faster and, and quicker. And, and, um, some of that's just not there. Yeah. Right. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the TLR, the TLR, uh, sleds, um, we'll, we'll get, get back to them. Um, what exactly can you do to uh, to a sled? Like uh, in, in a nutshell, what, do, what what can you do to build a sled, a TLR sled? And then I'm I'm going to ask you the same question for uh, for for snowcross. Uh, um, what what are you going to allow um, the uh, the snowcross sleds and uh, to to expand to uh, for for rules and uh, to uh, to for say a manufacturer or a race team to build? So we'll start with the TLR sleds. What 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 can you do? Um, you know, basically the rules for uh, for a for a TLR sled. It's it's pretty pretty open when you know you're you're looking at basically you have uh, carburation restriction, um, you have CC, you know, borne borne stroke restriction. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's it's pretty much an open class, and um, that's where you see a lot of the creativity. And there's a lot of the price that comes with that, also with that. Um, you know, the, the chassis itself is. Is pretty much open, also. Uh, you know, where you get into snowcross, you know, you're they, they've reeled it back a little bit. And and when I say that, you know, you're basically using a stock stock lower end motor, and and uh, and you could do head work on on the open sled. Where before you could have a full blown mod motor, and uh, you know, chassis wise, you know, they've they've cut back. You can't use carbon fiber. You you can't use some of the titanium stuff. That starts to uh, to get the pricing up there, and, and you know I think Snowcross has seen that, and and seen that when you're running that many teams with that many snowmobiles, and and the cost of them are you know forty fifty thousand uh, dollars, it it does affect how many people participate, and and I think you're going to see that in not just Snowcross and Oval and all types of racing. Um, the the more people that you can get that can afford to participate in the game, the better it's going to be. Right. Well, it's been great, uh, great uh, Todd. It's been uh, great, great talking to you. Uh, uh, fantastic to get a, get kind of a, a little bit of a, a sense of uh, what the uh, what the ISR does, and uh, and also uh, uh, some, you know talking about the, the, the TLR. Like I say, it's it's uh, it's new. It's uh, you know three three years old, but uh, it's been doing so well in that three years and. Uh, um, you know, good, uh, good package and good, good, uh, obviously good events and good racers and, uh, some good machinery and, uh, uh, some exciting stuff going on there. Um, so, um, thanks a lot for, uh, for talking with us and, um, have fun this weekend at, uh, at, uh, Canterbury. Uh, uh, I'm going to be watching it, watching it on the, on the, uh, on the live stream myself and, uh, along with a, a, a Supercross race, it's a big, exciting weekend of racing, uh, you know, kind of coming up and uh, NASCAR is coming up. So. We're gonna have three streams going. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was in Duluth, and uh, <laughs> and nice, nice job those guys did with the uh, screens at uh, at Duluth. Uh, you know, it, it was like watching a, a you know a big plasma TV uh, at, at Duluth. They did a fantastic job, uh, you know, hooking those things up. So you know, they're, they're doing a great job. All the all the uh, affiliates are doing a great job to uh, to enhance the. Uh, 
you know the the the, the enjoyment of, of their events. So uh, anyway, Todd, it was uh, it was great talking to you. Have a safe uh, safe trip uh, on the way to Canterbury, and uh, uh, hope to, hope to see you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good luck this winter. Yeah. Take care.